New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Another one bites the dust. Ah, Sabatucci here. No doubt the work of Lou, board operator of the new morning show, renamed, along with Macedonian Phil. You know, Sid uh, Rosenberg, friends, and I've added the two addendums, fiends and foes, which seems to be up for debate. We'll get to that later on. And it's lunchtime edition here where you're freezing your tuchus off outside. Yeah, it's freezing. Oh, the hawk is talking out there. It's freezing, ladies and gentlemen. But, oh, man, no matter how much the crew of Sid Rosenberg attempts to sabotage my microphones, it won't work, Macedonian Phil, because I'm on it. And what's the story that I've been on from day one that nobody here in the house of WABC, no host or hostess has even gone near because they don't understand it. And like most of you, you don't understand it. And quite frankly, I didn't understand it when it first came about, but then I did the deep dive. I said to myself, wait a second, all these Bitcoin bandits, all these uh, cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, all these blockchain criminals, how they've lured millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into their coffers. When in fact, maybe, Lou, they should have just done what uh, Macedonian Phil did last week. The Freddie Mercury's another one uh, bites the dust when he backmasked it for all of us. Can we just, uh, for old time's sake, backmask another one bites the dust, Lou? You know, that sounds like the Altacacas on the Upper West Side where I reside, where Sid Rosenberg used to reside, who are now calling for the crackdown on illegal weed stores that are everywhere. Oh, yeah, and you heard Freddie Mercury there when they backmasked that, that song, Another One Bites the Dust. He's talking about marijuana, marijuana, marijuana. See, uh, in the Upper West Side, the most liberal, progressive area in the city, bar none now. All the Alta Cockers are running around and saying, look at all these pop-up stores. Look at them. They're selling illegal weed. Well, guess what? They've been selling illegal weed for a long, long time, Alta Cockers. But let me not digress. Let me get right back on track for the hipsters, the millennials, Generation X, Z, and why they thought they were so smart. They're intellectually stupid, but their mothers and fathers have taken out student loans. They'll be in debt for the rest of their lives, but oh, to only have a graduate degree, a Ph.D. from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, or Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, that's considered to be top-shelf five-star. And upon graduation, the moment somebody has that parchment, immediately what happens, they say, oh, they're like gurus, they're like the golden child, oh, this is the best of the best. And that's exactly what happened in the story of Sam Bankman-Fried. Never trust anybody with three names. I told you that from the time I introduced you to this story of this cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme. 
that is taking place worldwide. He's the first of many to come. That's why we started with the uh, song, Another One Bites the Dust. And apparently he has been taken into uh, custody, held in the Bahamas by the corrupt Bahamian uh, uh, government that has created a shelter for him uh, against having to pay taxes or being an offshore corporation in which you send your money in into the uh, blockchain exchange. You have his SAM coins, now called scam coins, because they're worthless, and you have no access to them because, God forbid, you lose your PIN, your PIN number. That's it. Tough noogies. And you're still kept investing in this guy. And I told you over and over. Meantime, he's screaming while fighting extradition. That's right. He's fighting extradition. He's saying, I'm not coming back. He's saying, look, I had zero role in the company going forward. I knew nothing about nothing. It was like Sergeant Schultz. He is the uh, junior Bernie Madoff of our lifetime. And, I mean, they swindled $32 billion, 10 of these graduates of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, in their frat and sorority house where there were three things going on. A, number one, they were ripping your money off globally. Number two, they were polyamorous. We've learned that. They were having sex with one another, sex with trees, sex with avocados, you name it. They were swinging from the lanterns. And thirdly, they were taking Adderall. You should try that, Phil. It's the legal alternative to amphetamines. So they were Adderalled up morning, noon, and night and scamming, scamming, scamming. Oh, it happened six months ago. That's right. Uh, people who should have known better, right? CNBC, Fox Business Channel, all the wonks, even here at WABC. Our own Steve Moore got scammed. He even admitted it on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katz and Matitis every Monday through Friday. He said, I got scammed. And a whole bunch more who won't even acknowledge it because it's so embarrassing. All the whales will just suck up their loss and continue to go out and implode our economy. And it seems like every five years or so, some uh, subprime mortgages, yeah, that was a scam. Junk bonds, yeah, that was a scam. We could go on and on and on. Oh, that's right, 2008, uh, too, too big to fail on Wall Street, even though the greedy Hazari, the pigs, with their, with their schnauts right in the trough, almost caused an economic collapse around the world. And you know what? These Ponzi scammers of cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin are going to want us to bail them out. But let's get back to the nitty-gritty. Six months ago, this guy with three names, and again, never trust anybody with three names, Sam Bankman-Fried, who looked like he fell out of a punk bed in summer camp in a drug-induced psychosis, was actually considered the guru of Wall Street. All the prognosticators were saying, oh, you got to invest in FTX, uh, Samcoin, which is now Scamcoin. Listen, listen, six months ago. How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed. 
That was bull feathers then six months ago, but the scammers continued their cryptocurrency Ponzi scam, and people were throwing money at them. And it wasn't just FTX. Actually, FTX was number two to Binance. Now, who ran Binance and still does? It is a mysterious figure called Zhao. Zhao actually is attached to TikTok and Binance. He's in charge of, but really, it's a uh, owner-operated division of the Communist Party in Red China and Emperor Xi for life. Now, here's the guy who initially got Sam Bankman-Fried started in the business of cryptocurrency Ponzi scheming. It's Zhao who gave him his first investments and now claims no mas, no mas. I don't even know this guy. On a very personal basis, how you think about Sam? And the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends. You were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that he lied to you like this if that's the case? Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody. You didn't uh, know him till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody <laughs> until a week, a week ago. Uh, here's the number one investor in FTX. The infamous Zhao. And then on CNBC Squawk Box, that's why you don't listen to these financial stations whether it's CNBC, Fox Business, because all they do is repeat everything like parrots. Oh, six months ago, he's God. Six months ago, the two rulers of cryptocurrency never described it as a Ponzi scheme, uh, Bitcoin bandits. No, 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 no. It's the future. It's the here and now. Now, all of a sudden, crooks, criminals, give us our money back. And then what happened? The old gray lady, the New York Times, all the news that's never fit to print, in which their uh, their staff went out on strike a full 24 hours. Oh, I guess that was a tough strike in weather like this, right? Not. Listen to what this uh, crypto bandit, Sam Bankman-Free, told the New York Times conference just days ago. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. I was shocked by what happened this month. And, you know, reconstructing it, where are there things I wish I had done differently? Ah, and who are the promoters of cryptocurrency now who've doubled down, tripled down in their support? Not only the mayor, Suarez, Republican of Miami, who wants that to be the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammer capital of the world where there is no regulations, no transparency. But competing with him, our own Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan who actually, upon the arrest, although he's fighting extradition, uh, little boy Sam Bankman-Fried is our own Mayor Eric Adams who believes in bitcoins. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, and it's always been that for Eric Adams. I've known him over 40 years. Trust me, that's why I've been pimp-slapping Sid Rosenberg, trying to bring him back into into a sanity. We'll get into that later on in this lunchtime edition. But in the interim time, as Sam Bankman-Fried fights extradition, but, you know, it's just a matter of time, he was supposed to be uh, part of congressional hearings into this uh, Bitcoin scam, blockchain scam, cryptocurrency scam. But you would think, why is he getting arrested now, preventing him from giving information about all the elected officials 
mostly Democrats, some Republicans who benefited from his, quote, generosity, and the ones who steered the money to the Democrats and Republicans on the Hill were his two parents who were Stanford University scammers. That's right. They are the ones behind all of this, behind their son. They're claiming that, oh, my God, we fear a wipeout. After all the FTX legal fees, we're not going to be able to do it. Maybe uh, maybe we can do this. We can have uh, Eric Adams. Could I hear that Eric Adams uh, again there? Because it's all about the money, right? Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. And I'm suggesting to the two parents of Sam Bankman Freed, Stanford University scammers themselves, that they set up a GoFundMe site. Why not? All of his colleagues who also graduated Massachusetts Institute of Technology, oh, they're considered the brightest, the best. You know, we couldn't even touch them because they're boy and girl geniuses, right? Just like at Carnegie Mellon. And yet because they have that certification immediately, like lemmings, you go off the cliff investing your money. And, And I would ask our mayor, Eric Adams, Hey, why don't you take what you got paid three times in Bitcoin? How did that work out for you? How come you're not getting paid in Bitcoin any longer? Why don't you make a contribution to the GoFundMe site being set up by Sam Bankman Freed's parents, two Stanford University scammers, and hope maybe set up a legal defense fund for him? I just find it very interesting that I've been railing about this now for months. The only one here at WABC, I might add, because they were too busy. Midterm elections. Democrats suck. Republicans are like uh, two steps away from being in heaven. Nobody wanted to pay attention to this. Nobody. But I, hey, look, I'm a street smart guy. But I can recognize a scam on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters, the banks that were too big to fail. Oh, how come How come none of them went to jail in 2008? Oh, they passed quantitative easing. What the hell does that mean? We let those scammers off now, and now this is what's going to happen. All these Ponzi schemes, Bitcoin chains, blockchains, they're all going to collapse, and they're all going to want us, the sucker tax papers, to bail them out over my dead body. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC. I'd like to be able to... Anyway, I'm, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. Lose track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? The door. My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell it's talking about. What am I doing here? Top 10 dance now. classics in America today. This is... Our president of the United States fumbling and stumbling his way to what he says will be an attempt at a second four-year term in office again over all of our dead bodies. But Lou, once again, back to back, belly to belly. My mind is not going blank. I want to pimp slap that Chris Libertini. I told him that when we return for the second segment, I want there to be a tribute to the fact that we are broadcasting like everybody else here at WABC from the Bernard McGurk studio here at 77 WABC Radio in tribute to Bernard McGurk who took an easy pass right into Radio Heaven whereas the rest of us will probably go straight to hell without an asbestos suit. 
Uh, Macedonian Phil, do you think you could uh, pimp slap around Chris Libertini? Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. I guarantee you. We'll have a tribute to Bernard McGoat Studio. Maquanamai. Anyway, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's, uh, let's go to Randy the Winer Weingart. I remember her when she was the head of the UFT Union of Failed Teachers right here in New York City. And the Peter Principle was in full effect. Fail as the Union of Failed Teachers, their chairperson here in New York City. And they bump you up. You become the chairwoman of the American Federation of Teachers, which she is. And she has been the number one sickle fan, Tony and Lackey. Of Joe Biden and Joe Biden. No doctor to me. Right? I never call uh, Savage. Right? I remember when Savage was here. Oh, I'm a doctor. Doctor this. Well, well, yo, what are you a doctor of? Right? You might as well be a dietitian in, in the cafeteria of Jamaica High School you used to go to. I don't call you doctors, right? So anyway, she has become their number one sickle fan, Tony. Like, listen to what Randy the Wine or Wine Garden had to say about the legacy. President Joe Biden. I want to just say for a second what the president has done. I mean, I can't even remember all the mnemonics of all the things that have been done. It is, I'm a history teacher. It is more than any other president since FDR and maybe more than FDR. What? (laughs) Hold on a second. Maybe even more than FDR before him? You mean Washington? Better than Lincoln. Can I hear that again? Well, I can't believe it. That, that reporters would let her get away with that statement, right? Incredible, because obviously she's getting greased by the Biden White House in more ways than we'll probably never know until they all are resting without peace. I want to just say for a second what the president has done. I mean, I can't even remember all the mnemonics of all the things that have been done. It is, I'm a history teacher. It is more than any other president since FDR and maybe more than FDR. (laughs) Oh man, they're like high-fiving her in the White House today. Oh, that was great, Andy. The wine, their wine garden. Failure as the former head of the Union of Failed Teachers, UFT here, and a failure as the American uh, Federation of Teachers, where she hates, despises charter schools and says, tough noogies, go to, uh, go to failing public schools rather than charter schools. Anyway, I digress here. Uh, now, might, um, might Joe Biden be better than Jimmy Carter? Remember uh, Jimmy Carter's 76 to 1980 on a day like this, where it's freezing, you're freezing your tuchus off uh, out there. It's 32 degrees. In fact, uh, my wife Nancy is running around Central Park right now making sure that the uh, the uh, horses, the horse-drawn carriages, the horses are in their stables and not outside freezing. Their tuchus is off. Let me remind you of what happened. What was that in 19, I believe it was 77, second year that Jimmy Carter was uh, in office he had a fireside chat. Remember, the fire was burning uh, right there in the uh, Oval Office of the White House. And he was sitting there in his cardigan sweater. Remember, because it was a crisis having to do with uh, gasoline, home heating, fuel, oil, and natural gas. Remember what Jimmy Carter had to say at his fireside chat? All of us must learn to waste less energy. 
simply by keeping our thermostats, for instance, at 65 degrees in the daytime and 55 degrees at night, we could save half the current shortage of natural gas. If we learn to live thriftily and remember the importance of helping our neighbors, then we can find ways to adjust. Macedonian Phil, that was before you were birthed, 1977. He sat there like Mr. Rogers in his cardigan sweater, saying, lower the thermostat, although he was burning uh, logs in the fireside with his fireside chat. And at that moment, we knew there was a president in waiting, Ronald Reagan. I mean, that was what impaired Jimmy Carter. And the reason I bring all of that up now is on a day like today, the number one story coming out of our ineffective, feckless, fold-like-a-cheap-camera state legislature in Albany, who will not come back in a special session to deal with the no-cash-bail Michigash, but want to come back in a special session before January 1st to give themselves pay increases at our sucker taxpayers' expense. We've got new legislation introduced by this, this state senator of no consequence, State Senator Zelnor Myrie. Remember the name, because he would allow people to sue big oil companies and other polluters over damage caused by fossil fuels. But wait a second. Why not set an example? Why not start the process of fighting the abuse of fossil fuels right now? Ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to me throughout the tri-state area and beyond, it's time to turn the boilers off today. No home heating fuel oil today. No natural gas. Just layer up like Jimmy Carter told us in 1977. Put on, you know, the long winter underwear, the union underwear with the flap on the back, right? Put on layers of jackets and coats and just deal with it. Deal with it. Oh, my God. People with too much on their plate, right? Oh, my God. Well, set the example. Shut down the thermostat. All these elected officials of ours who now want to go after oil companies. You think, hey, you think Lou, that last delivery of home eating fuel oil, you could let that truck, you could let that truck unload its payload today so we don't freeze our tuchuses off. And then meantime, you're walking around the Upper East Side, as I did yesterday. And I noticed these incredible towers everywhere. Everywhere. These towers. And they're ground right into the ground. And they go up about 30 feet. And they're 5G towers that have been forced into our city. You didn't hear about it. There were no public hearings. There was never any discussion of this. It's like a pop-up store, a weed store, an illegal weed store. It just pops up. You didn't know anything about it. The Altacacas in the Upper West Side are going, oh, illegal weed stores. Lady, relax. Are they upset, though, about these pop-up 5G towers forced into our city? Well, just listen to our own operator, uh, owner, and great talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatidis, as he discussed it at his 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with Lydia Serrani. All these 5G towers, mm-hmm. uh, they're being forced into our city, and some of them are going to be as close as uh, 10 feet or 100 feet yeah. away from your bedroom window. That's right. And you know what? That's going to lead to Macedonian Phil. That's going to lead to a series of problems for guys like you who decide, oh, no, 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 no. I want, I want 5G because, oh, my God, you know what that's going to do for me? That's going to give me faster response, Internet response. I won't need Wi-Fi. I don't care if I, it lowers my sperm counts. 
I, I don't care that less fish will be swimming around. Thank God this will mean we don't have another future Macedonian Phil Jr. in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's like being in a microwave. You'll glow in the dark, but you'll have faster internet connection, and you won't need Wi-Fi. Danger, Mr. Robinson. Danger, danger. Remember that? You wouldn't remember that. Oh, that's right. Netflix brought it back. Danger, Mr. Robinson. Listen to John Katsimatidis again. Tell us why this is a problem that needs to be dealt with here and now. Brings a up bipartisan a study in New Hampshire mm-hmm. by de- Democrats and Republicans, and they say that these towers should never, never be closer to you than 1,640 feet. Correct. Which is almost five city blocks. What do you mean? I want my faster internet connection. I don't want to have to use Wi-Fi, right? Hipsters, millennials, Generation X, Z, and Y. What do you care? You'll never be able to fornicate and copulate again. Well, let's get down to Dr. Fauci. He promised January 1st he's out of there. He said to all of us upon leaving, I have nothing to regret since I was brought on to the Ronald Reagan administration and I completely mishandled the problems uh, dealing with AIDS and HIV virus and won't acknowledge that not any problems. In fact, let me take you back. It was January 2020, right before the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. He got on with our own John Katsimatidis and he told us, no worries, be happy. We don't have to worry about that red Chinese coronavirus, do we? What do you tell the American people uh, about what's going on? Should they be scared? Uh, I don't think so. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. It isn't something that the American public needs to worry about or be frightened about because we have ways of preparing, of screening, of people coming in, and we have ways of responding like we did with this one case in Seattle, Washington, who had traveled to China and brought back the infection That was January of 2020. He couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong then and throughout the rest of his tenure. Well, now upon his departure, there was bipartisan legislation agreed to by Democrats and Republicans, very rare in the United States Senate or House, to create a September 11th-style independent panel to investigate the pandemic response, both during the Trump and Biden administrations, The vote was 20 to 2 in favor of the measure. And guess what? All of a sudden, it's out of sight, out of mind. It slipped between the cracks because, uh uh-oh, people like Fauci, Andrew Ivalais Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, King Cuomo I, and others might have to be implicated in all this. And our legislators have had a second thought in deciding, eh, it's not like uh, September 11th, we had the special commission. Let's hope it just disappears. And disappear it might. The crack reporting job by Frankie Diaz this morning, our Jimmy Olsen of our WABC news staff, has indicated that a massive fire has broke out at a warehouse in Brooklyn. Now, okay, There are a lot of warehouses in Red Hook, Brooklyn. This fire happens to have been started at the warehouse on Columbia Street in Red Hook. That's part of the Erie Basin Marine Pound. Why is that important? Because this is one of five warehouses where the NYPD stores not only vehicles that are confiscated, but evidence of crimes committed. So what's going to happen is all these mutts and skells awaiting a court hearing or awaiting a trial 
The evidence will have been destroyed by the fire. Whoa, what was that? Lightning, electricity that destroyed this evidence? How convenient. And it's going to mean they're going to turn loose even more enemies of society into the streets of the five boroughs. Good job, Frankie Diaz. Don't ever expect me to pat you on the back again. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Okay, Yankee and Met fans, Lou being the degenerate Met fan. You always claim that this was the song that would be played when your ace, your closer, Billy Wagner, was summoned from the bill bullpen at the old Shea Stadium, right? After he was a Philadelphia Philly, came over to the Mets. This was the song, believe it or not, Macedonian Phil, that would greet the arrival of Billy Wagner on the mound and close it out for the Mets. This was years before Mariano Rivera pimped this uh, song as the greatest relief pitcher closer of all time for the Yankees. But the reason that I'm playing this is I told you guys that you would regret having me do the Sid Rosenberg, Friend, Fiend, and Foes show rap each and every day after his appearance with Lou on the boards and Macedonian Phil and Justin Ellack and their whole crew, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10. I warned you, you would regret it. And I'm going to give you every reason every day to regret that decision. So here, all of a sudden, as I come in and close down on this, I listen intently each and every morning, as all of you should do, if nothing more than to rat them out to me by eating the Parmesan cheese. Here was Sid Rosenberg vacillating, kvetching like uh, the Hamlet on the Jamaica Bay. Should I, shouldn't I take back, take away the promise I made to Curtis Lewa and our audience that he would be on twice a week, 7.05 on Mondays, as I was yesterday, and 7.05 to close out the week on Sunday. So I should be the closer. I should be the closer. I should be the Billy Wagner I should be the Mariano Rivera. This is what he had to say about that as he continues to kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. This whole Curtis thing, you know, I had to think about it again yesterday. Because I decided over the weekend to put Curtis on twice a week. And it took me all of about 15 minutes yesterday to really resent, uh, resent, regret that decision. Yeah, I, think, I think Carnival music is well-timed. <laughs> but Curtis, I know. <laughs> Talk about it. So somebody said to me yesterday, they said twice a week. Are you sure you want to do them once a week? But uh, to be honest, I think he's really entertaining. He's very creative. So uh, I'm going to stick with the original plan to keep Curtis on twice a week. But that that is always up for um, for change. Curtis and Sid in the morning. That's never going to happen. And Curtis is no one and first. Sid is ever going to happen again. His name goes first, of course. Of course, right. Now, you notice maybe that's what he's concerned about. What is he worried about? He rules the roost in the morning. There's no doubt about it. He is he is the straw that stirs the drink. He is the ratings leader. We've said that over and over, both when Bernard was here. By the way, we are broadcasting from the Bernard McGurk studio. Chris Libertini! Can't even have that said once an hour. Oh, my God. So tough for this guy to insert that to a man that we all love. We, uh, we worked with, and we understood he was the greatest of all time, both as a producer 
and as a talent on the microphone. But anyway, I digress. Let me go back to this. Uh, so this may be a concern to uh, Sid. Let me tell you right now, Sidney, you don't have to worry about that. I'm not coming back to mornings. I'm happy being on WABC. Uh, what is that term they use in Jamaica Bay uh, there, Lou, where you live? Happy as a clam? What the hell does happy as a clam mean? Like uh, the clam, they're gonna they're gonna put the progressive breadcrumbs in the clams and put them put them in the oven, right? And bake them. Oh, you're happy as a clam. I'm happy as a clam. To be on all the hours that I am, slow it down, Sid. But I, I think what this comes from is that Sid realizes originally he thought he was going to be the solo host from 6 in the morning to 12 for our annual holiday radiothon this Thursday, December 15th, on behalf of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And I think uh, somebody nudged him, uh, probably Leslie or one of the uh, sales directors, and said, no, 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 Curtis is going to have to come in for some of the time because he was at the very first Tunnel to Tower Foundation walk-in run when only a few hundred people showed up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And remember, you don't have to wait till Thursday. Right now, you can donate $11 a month or more at wabcradio.com slash donate. Go to wabc.com slash donate. And this is really a great cause that everybody here at this station has gotten around. The um, Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And by the way, it'll be interesting uh, on Thursday when Sid sees me come in at some point at that six-hour radio sign. Is he going to think that somehow I'm breathing Breathing on his back, looking over his shoulder. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. But wait, wait. Let me tell you something. How much um, Sidney Rosenberg is out of the cycle with his very dear friend Eric Adams. You know, ever since he was discussing on Friday morning on his show about how the mayor was now in favor of reparations, 40 acres and a mule, and Sid called him crazy three times, and all of a sudden this love affair, uh, all of a sudden lovers went in there a different direction momentarily. Listen to what Sidney Rosenberg had to say yesterday about where he was supposed to be on Monday night. But talking about the Jews, I'm surprised you weren't invited to this tonight. But then again, I'm not surprised. But I'll be there. Uh, my friend, Mayor Eric Adams, and uh, the lady I will never be friends with, mm. ever, mm. that would be the governor, Kathy Hochul, mm. we're all meeting tonight at the Lincoln Square Synagogue to talk about the hate crimes against Jewish people, not against the Jews. Hate crimes against Jewish people. Me, Hochul, who I can't stand, and my friend, the mayor, who actually does care about the Jewish people. Psych! You know what happened, Lou? Rabbi Joe Potasnik texted me after I finished uh, my stint 705 on Monday and said, didn't the mayor... Let Sid know that they moved that conference at the Lincoln Center Synagogue from Monday night to Monday morning. Started, in fact, at 9 a.m. Sidney Rosenberg had no idea. By the way, uh, this is all done to distract and delay. The clock is ticking. It's as if it's 60 minutes. Let's look at the calendar. Uh, Let's see. He said that Wednesday night, December 14th, there was no turning back, would be the dinner that he, as the kingmaker, King Herod, had organized between his very near, dear friend, who they've had a lover's call uh, momentarily, was going to have a sit-down with Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani. Remember, it's on his calendar right there. It says, Wednesday night, December 14th, the dinner. 
Well, guess what? I was with Rudy yesterday, as I am every day lobbying him not to have dinner with Eric Adams right before his show at 3. And he goes, hey, I haven't heard anything. I hadn't heard anything from Sidney Rosenberg, the Jewish man. Hey, be one tough Jew, Sid.